Yo, grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology. Where she host Kate up, and today we're going to be talking about Mike Todd. Yes. So <laughs> the 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 phrase of the day is visions, vacations, and vocation, right? But our theological word of the day, or All Things Theology word of the day is imagination yes we want mike todd wants to encourage you all to use your theological imagination let's hear it from mike todd he this is my response to mike todd right mike todd we don't need our bibles not as long as we have our imagination yes it's all about our imagination matter of fact but that's SpongeBob, not Bible. So maybe we could hear it like this. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Well, that's Willy Wonka. <laughs> that's not Bible. Well, 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 maybe we could hear it from another song. With just my No, sir, that's the temptations. You might be tempted to use your theological imagination, but we say to that, no, 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 no. no right? We want the Bible. So <laughs> Mike Todd did a sermon some time ago and yeah, not Willie. Yeah, well, the Bible, he did a sermon and really the sermon is all about this vacation he went on. If you think I'm joking. Go listen to it yourself. It's called Vacant Visions. And the rest of the sermon is just an exegesis of his vacation. Right? It's just a, uh, yeah, just a explanation of his, his, his uh, vacation he went on. And you need to see yourself in that vision. You got to see this vision. And then God can do it to you too something of that extent we're going to hear it but if you're asking does it make sense no but just want to share that's how the sermon started off really highlighting his vacation and let me let me just be fair there could be a place for stories in the sermons but the story your story your analogy should not be the main thing right it should be Scripture. He tries to give scriptural support, but we're going to see how Mike Todd actually uh, abuses the text to make it fit his vacation story. Um. Yeah, and I, I listen to Mike Todd explain scripture, and oftentimes I'm like, can can he actually explain this most simple, basic verse right? I mean, it's it's so bad, right? We don't we don't want we don't want the we don't want to use our come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. We want that Bible. So let's actually get into it. Hope you enjoyed the intro. If you're watching, make sure to like it. Let's get into it. My question today is, what is your vision for your marriage? What is your vision for your business? What is your vision for your ministry? 
What is your vision for your finances? You want to know something interesting just off the the start? And and this is how it is with all these seeker sensitive prosperity guys. Whatever they're trying to get you to believe, it's always materialism. Do you hear that? I'm going to go back here in a second. But notice it's all materialistic things that you don't have to love God to want. You cannot love God and want better finances, better career, better marriage, right? You don't, you don't have to be a Christian to want any of those things he's trying to win you with, right? Let's check it out again. My question today is, what is your vision for your marriage? What is your vision for your business? What is your vision for your ministry? What is your vision for your finances? What is your vision for your children? All things that you can have without knowing God. You know what these never guys never say? Let, let, let me use the same language, but a more biblical. What is your vision for your holiness? What is your vision for your obedience to God? What are your vision for more Bible reading? What is your vision for more faithfulness? You know, it never starts. They never promote that. Right. Because, I mean, those are things that Christians want. You got to actually love God to want, you know, to be more obedient. I mean, <laughs> um, right. But it's always materialistic stuff, stuff that notor notoriety. Right. You don't have to love God to want everything he's he's actually saying. You cannot love God and have a big ministry. <laughs> right. We, we've seen people who've who clearly don't know God, who have a big ministry. God is missing from all this. Jesus is mentioned from it all. Not ethereal. Not, I, I have been thinking about that. Hand but it gets it worse. Me. It gets worse, so. In black and white ink. Because it's not a vision until it's written. I'm actually going to demonstrate how Mike Todd is using the biblical definite, the biblical word of vision, and he's missing it completely. Right. He's he's missing it completely. Um, biblical vision has nothing to do with you, with your imagination being realized, which he's going to kind of say later. Guys, stay tuned. Uh, it has nothing to do with that. We're going to we're going to see biblically. What vision means. So if I ask you today, what is your vision for your health? Most people have more vision for the vacation they want to take than having vision for the purpose that will bring you into victory. So today, I And Melissa is spot on. Teachings like this are the reason... Others create these vision boards to manifest what they want. Yeah, that this is all it is. This sermon is the classic. Envision what you want. And if you have enough faith and if you matter of fact. He doesn't. He, well, crazy faith. Remember, crazy faith. If you have enough crazy faith and you write it down, then it'll happen to you because you've you've it's gone from imagination to vision to realization, I guess. But. I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm kind of spoiling my own, my own uh, juice here, <laughs> but let's keep going. I talk to you about vision because if we don't understand how valuable vision is for every part of your life, 
you will not be able to use crazy faith for what you've been called to do. Crazy the faith. only reason we're standing in this building today is because I used my anointed imagination in the presence of God, and he gave me a vision that, watch, only became a vision when I wrote it down. Did you guys hear that? By the way, there's some great comments in here. Fast as a shark says, if God could allow Satan to take everything away from his most faithful servant, I am not exempt. <laughs> you know, you speaking good, bro. Name it and claim it type. Yeah, speak thinking to an existence type sermon. Y'all spot on. Do you, did you hear his reasoning? Why? Hold on, let's go back because I don't want to take him out of context. You guys know how I do imagination in the presence of God and he gave me a vision hold on let's go back a little further to you about vision because if we don't understand how valuable vision is for every part of your life you will not be able to use crazy faith for what you've been called to do the only reason we're standing in this building today now I would want you to answer that question right for for your church some of, some of y'all are catching on to the anointed imagination, and I could tell you guys missed the intro because we went through uh, the this right. We we talked about With just my imagination, away with me. right. We we talked about the come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. This all this theological imagination, right? But I would like you guys to answer the question. What is the reason your church exists? Right? What would you say? And I'll give you my answer here in a little bit. But you guys know how I like to do. I want y'all to think about it. Think about it, right? Why does your church exist? What is the reason that your church, right? Fill in your name, right? Why does it exist? I go to Heritage Grace Community Church in Frisco, Texas. My church exists solely based upon the grace of God. God's providence, right? It's, it's not because of the intuity of me, the intuity of man, intuity of the elders. Solely the grace of God that the church exists. You think that'll be his answer? You think Mike Todd will give glory to Jesus? For the reason Transformation Church existing? Of course not. He can't, right? Because of theological imagination, right? How do, how do we do in the beginning? Mike Todd. We don't need our Bibles. Not as long as we have our imagination. It's all about imagination. And this has been part of my critique of Mike Todd. It's that it's just... It's so much imagination. He's actually proving the very point I made, you know, with all his props and all this. Bro, bro, we just need the word, man. I don't need no imagination. My mind goes places it shouldn't. <laughs> I need the word to restrain my thoughts. But that's a sermon for another day, right? All right, let's continue. Let's see Mike Todd's reasoning for why Transformation Church exists. You guys ready? It's because I used my anointed imagination in the presence of God, and he gave me a vision that, watch, only became a vision when I wrote it down. Yeah, how many eyes was that? 
it was because I did this, okay, because God gave me a vision, but I did it. I did it. That's why the church exists, because I, 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 I. Man, the glory of God is missing from so many churches. So much for Sole Deo Gloria, right? So much for him alone. My goodness. Today, I'm pointing back to a document I wrote 37 days I, after I became I. the lead pastor of this church because that's when it had the ability to actually happen in the earth. I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Caesar Key. So he's writing scripture now. One would one one would think he is. Pay attention. Watch. He's gonna say some stuff that makes you like, hold on a second. Wait it. Wait a second. See, this is when you when you actually don't know Bible. You say actually some heretical stuff, and you just don't. You're so biblically illiterate. You don't know it's so heretical. <laughs> you ever met someone like that? They don't know Bible at all, and they're just talking. You're like, that's heresy. But anyways, we'll keep going. I want to talk to the people who have visions for vacations, but don't have vision for their victory. Proverbs 29, 18. This is going to be tight and right today. Yeah, that's that's right. It is going to be tight and but wrong, you know. But anyways, um, Proverbs 29, 18. Guys, if you have your Bible, I want you to go to it. Go to Proverbs 29, 18. If you can pull up another tab. Um, if you're able to, because I, I want you to see how he uses this verse, because remember, his whole sermon is about vision. And so, of course, you got to go where the word is. It doesn't matter if you keep it in context. We're going to go where the word is. Right. And we're going to explain. But but notice, pull it up and see if the verse he uses is the same thing that yours says. Just we're going to we're going to we're going to do that. OK, we're going to do this together. This is a collab discussion today so let's get into it proverbs 29 18 because i thought where the scripture pass i'm like give me the bible yes. let me help your give um bless itself even that just kind of mockery to people who want the scriptures like anyways well, i won't make that a big point but i think it shows a lot someone says waiting for him to butcher 20 proverbs 20 <laughs> yes he's gonna butcher it <laughs> the only reason i feel so passionate about this because i figured it out the, I am the product of living a life full of vision. And a lot of times I can pray for people that will never get what I prayed for them for. Because they don't have vision for themselves. The classic word of faith, right? Well, I wanted the Bugatti, but I didn't get it. Well, it's your fault you didn't get it because you didn't have the vision. You didn't write it down when I told you to. It's the classic word of faith, blame you. For not having enough faith, right? He's just saying you don't have enough vision. So much for God's sovereignty and all this, right? Guess what? God may not want you to be rich, and that's okay. I know for these people, having a lot of materialism is the greatest blessing God could give. It's next to Jesus Christ Himself, which just shows you what they value. Jesus and and this and this theology, Jesus is a means to get more of what they already want before they came to Christ. That's what makes this self so blasphemous and, and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fast as a shark. Who knew planning a vacation was prophecy? You're going to spoil my thunder. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to it. So I can't agree for God to multiply what isn't there. 
That wasn't even I, deep. There's so <laughs> many times that my prayers can't do nothing past what you believe. Past what you've seen for yourself. I can pray it, but it just hits the ceiling and comes back down because you don't even believe it. You don't even think it's possible for yourself. And that's why I'm trying to raise your expectation in this series. And I want everybody to get a vision. Somebody shout at me, vision. vision. Say it like you mean it. Vision. Say vision. vision. Proverbs 29, 18, King James Version. I'm going to like four different translations so this can ring in your mind forever. Where there is no vision the people perish now i want you to look at the screen and if you've did uh what i asked you could see something missing right <laughs> crisis up says red is a bright color crowd goes wild yeah anything this man says they go nuts <laughs> right uh but look at the text where there is no vision the people perish. Now, is that what your Bible says? I mean, it's not what mine says. I mean, it's not all the verse what it says. Let me let me uh, look look it up. It actually says a lot more than he's willing to say. You know, I have the ESV. We're going to look at multiple translations today just to help you guys out, help us all out. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. We're going to see actually why that's so important here in a second. But let's look at a few different translations, because I'm a proponent. If you don't know the actual languages, it's it's a uh, it's helpful to use multiple translations to help you out. Oh, actually, that's not uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. The NIV says where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who keep who who heeds wisdom's instruction. Um, yeah, I read the ESV. The New King James says where there's no revelation. Right. Ultimately, what I'm getting at is the word vision is synonymous for revelation. It's synonymous with prophecy. Right. Uh, the, the Christian standard Bible used the word revelation. So he thinks that just because he got to the word and read. Vision, it means everything he was trying to prove about. What's going on in your head, that's not a vision, biblically speaking. Right, that is not a vision, biblically speaking, a vision, biblically uh, speaking. Is God's revelation. God's word. And, and matter of fact, he's going to contradict himself because he's going to admit that I'm going to be fair to him because he's going to admit that. The problem is it contradicted what he just said. About our imagination being the guide. Right. That produces this vision that God gives us. Just because it came in your head does not mean it's 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 a vision or imagination. It's just because it's something you want. Right. Matter of fact, let me read something that will be helpful for you. What does Proverbs 29, 18 mean? Because that's ultimately what is important. What does this text mean? Um, so this let me I'm reading something off of Bible It says this verse emphasizes the extraordinary, 
extraordinary value of God's word. Amen. Before the Bible was complete, God revealed his will through prophets. They communicated God's message to the people. Solomon observes that the absence. Now, this is essentially what it means. Solomon observes that the absence of divine revelation leads to moral and spiritual decline. So essentially what I'm saying is. If God doesn't speak, we're ruined. That's what I'm that's what I believe. Proverbs 29, 18 is speaking about. If God does not speak, my friends. We are ruined. We will be led astray. We'll be left to our own devices. But praise God, he has spoken in his in his word. God has spoken in his word. And just to, just to give you a parallel verse, right? If you have your Bible, let's go to 1 Samuel 3, 1. Right? 1 Samuel 3, 1. Because I'm going, look, one of the things I want to show you is how to uh, study, how to break down verses so it could be helpful for you in your studies. Now we're going to read from the ESV on here. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. It says, matter of fact, let me zoom in a little more. See if I can. It says, can you see that? Yep. It says now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. So here you see the synonymous uses of the word vision and the word of the Lord. Why was there no frequent vision? Because the Lord of the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So if Mike Todd would have did something he hates to do, stand by, we'll get there in a, a little bit later. If he would have actually studied, he would have known very guys. It didn't take me much long. It didn't take me very long to figure this out. All you really have to do is look up multiple Bible translations and you say, OK, the vision vision seems to be synonymous with revelation which god has already revealed but mike todd doesn't like to study so I, it's not surprising that he he, he doesn't uh, understand this right yes without god's revelation we will be have no restraint right no restraint no guidance uh Okay, let's deal with this comment. Clifton says, you all better be careful what you say about the man of God. Touch mine anointed. Well, first is touch not mine anointed. Let God deal with him, not you. Twist not scripture. I'll let God deal with you on that. So that's all we'll say about that. Does not say where there is no vision, the people just don't get all the things that God had for them. They die. Can I give you the Michael Living translation? Let me remix this whole thing. No, we don't want the remix. The original was just fine. Because we see how you do when you remix songs. Yeah, that's right, AJ. Taking hot scripture out of context. That's right. Without vision, something dies that God wanted to live. Where there's no vision, God was like, man, I wanted something to live right there. Man, I wanted something to flourish right there. Man, I wanted to. But they wouldn't get a vision from me. Support, poor man. God's just like begging people, please take this vision. 
I just, I just want you to have this better life and your Bugatti and your house, your finances. I want you living the American dream, but you won't let me do it for you. So terrible. So terrible. We don't, yeah, we don't need the MLT, the Michael living translation. No, no, it's the ML, the Michael Lyon translation. We don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> but let's continue. For Proverbs 29, 18, the English Standard Version, ESV, where there is no prophetic vision. Now, look at the screen real quick. What do you see in this uh, translation? It actually says what I've been saying. That the vision refers to the revealed truth of God, God's revelation found in his word, spoken through the prophets, right? This translation actually, and, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, this translation and the interpretation of the translation actually contradicts what he said about vision just previously, just two minutes ago, right? You, you can't make this stuff up. You, you can't make it up. I don't. I, does anybody else see that? Am I the only one who, like, when I first saw this, I was like, that literally contradicts everything you said about vision prior. Because let's uh let's stand by. Let's stand by. The people cast off restraint. See, I love this version of it because prophetic means it's telling something in the future. Actually, even according to your interpretation of the verse, it's something revealed in the past. Let me let me share with you guys that prophecy, prophetic, it has two different usages in the Bible. One is future. As in foretelling, and the other is forth telling. Matter of fact. Christians, every time you read God's Bible, if you read the word of God, you are, you are being prophetic because prophetic has to do with sharing God's revealed word, communicating God's revealed truth. Now, many Christians only have functionally one use of prophecy, right? It's all future, right? I got a prophecy from God. He said I was going to move the move to Atlanta. I was going to get a recording deal like that's prophecy for them. But they don't view preaching God's word as prophecy, even though biblically, according to the, the syntax, the, the usage of the word, that's also another usage. So in one sense, hey, brothers and sisters, I've already been prophesying on this show. <laughs> when you preach the word, hey, hey, when you when you uh, preach the word, preach the word, when you preach the word, you prophesying. See, like I said, hopefully, hopefully that's helpful for you. Hopefully that is helpful when understanding biblically the word prophecy has two different uses. So. There's something that I'm not at yet, but there's a prophetic vision. A vision is something that is not where I'm at, but it's up ahead. And I want. <laughs> I like what uh, Pocahontas Smith says. <laughs> prophecy. Repent of this or are about to happen to you in the future. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's going on, my brother? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Glad you in here, man. But yeah, let's continue on. 
somebody to know that in your life, there is a plan that God already has that is up in your future. I'm not there yet, but it looks good up there. God has a plan right now. Matter of fact, Scripture speaks of the current will of God. Everybody's focused with what, what God wants you to do with five, ten years in the future. Why are you worried about that? Tomorrow may not come. We're about to, today has his own troubles. Doesn't scripture say that? You know, I'm prophesying from the book of James <laughs> when I'm reading God's word. Yes. God's will is for your holiness. Tell him that, pastor. Than it does right here. But if I don't get an image of that prophetic vision, I cast off restraint, or let me remix it. Let, this is a passage oh remix boy. for you. When you don't see it before you see it, people stop caring. What, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Who, who cares if they stop caring? I mean, are we living for man's ple pleasing? Are we trying to please man? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't even get it. I don't get it. You know, the word of God is way more interesting and fascinating. Just preaching it rather than trying to remix it. We don't we don't need the remix. I like the first song. I like the original. I don't want the remix. The remix is trash. I want God's word. I don't need you remixing it. You don't need to remix God's word. What's wrong with the first song? See, this is the problem with so many of these preachers. They try to make, they want to make God's word better. This is why we got to, you know, do the Hollywood version of the movies. Well, people aren't going to like the original version. Who cares? <laughs> I, I'm not trying to get you to like it. You need to repent and believe for not trusting in it. <sighs> Sorry, y'all. Just get worked up when people just do this to the Bible. As if the problem is the Bible. The problem is us. We're the problem. We are the problem. Anyways. Where was I? Where was I? Look at it in the NLT version. Ooh. And, and this is me being fair to Mike Todd because this is uh, him actually getting it right. So I'm just going to play this and say, good job. The problem is it contradicts everything he says prior. Because remember before... It was appealing to this thing outside of scripture. Now he's going to actually appeal to scripture, but let's go ahead. Proverbs 29, 18. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. There are areas that is just wilding out in your life because you have not accepted the divine guidance of God. Just, just doing what you want to do, how you want to do it. And God's saying, um, let me just put it in a passage remix. If it's not governed by... <laughs> what does everything got to be remixed? Like, why do you got to just remix it? <laughs> just uh, proclaim it. But just, uh, let me, let's keep going. Word, it's going to be wild. Okay, that's fair. If it's not governed by the word, it's going to be wild. This is why for all my people still searching in relationships, like 
if Joseph caught that, someone in the background snapped. You heard him? Like he was saying something extra deep. <laughs> you do not allow the word of God to govern your relationship. Yeah. And y'all just living together and doing married stuff together and making all the things and doing all the things. You're not a bad person. Wait a minute. Who are you? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Hey, who is this? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Did, did you hear what he just said? Did you hear what Mike Todd just said? Let me, let me go back because I don't think some of you guys heard that. I don't know. Let me, let me, let me, let me remix it. Let me, hold on, hold on. How do I do? Let me back. Let me run it back. Let me run it back. And y'all just living together and doing married stuff together and making all the things and doing all the things. You're not a bad person. Here these are. They're, they're, they're living in sin. Doing the thing God hates. And Mike Todd says, you're not a bad person. Mike Todd. Yes, they are. We are all, we are all bad people. Mike Todd. See, Mike Todd has a low view of sin. He has a bad anthropological view of man. See, the problem is Mike Todd doesn't think man is as sinful as the Bible says he is. Mike Todd, it's worse. Not only are you a bad person, you are under the holy hatred of God. See, I don't think Mike Todd would appreciate the Puritans very well. I don't think Mike Todd would appreciate sermons on the wrath of God. Because in Mike Todd's view, God's wrath doesn't abide on anyone. Matter of fact, man is in a neutral state, according to Mike Todd. Oh, you don't believe me? Let me let me pause on this video. Mike Todd says everyone's sin debt is removed. No one is righteous. No one is unrighteous. You guys don't believe me? Bring our father of faith in here. One big sin. You. I'm just going to put you in here. One big sin. All of our accounts have sin on. Every one of us except Jesus. Now look at the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Here's what happened 2,000 years ago. God took righteousness and he took it. Look, look, I want everybody to see this. He took it from Jesus's account. He erased righteousness when he came to die for us. And he put sin in Jesus's account for all of us. Prove it to you. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. 
No, you got to see this. He literally sure took guys. the perfect human and the perfect one who did this right. And he knew no sin. He made him sin, not just because he made him sin for us. So when Jesus came to the cross, he bore all of our sin. And what did that do for you? It took and erased sin out of your account. It took and erased sin off of your life. It took and erased sin off of your conscience. But this is the thing that we have to understand. Now you don't have sin, but you don't have righteousness either. So unregenerate man is neither. Yeah, even though the analogy was terrible about Christ kind of losing his righteousness, uh, the, even that's kind of problematic. But he says man doesn't have righteousness, but they don't have unrighteousness either. What third category are they in? Because man is either biblically speaking, there's only righteous people. Or unrighteous people. Where is this third category of morally neutral people? Right? Where, matter of fact, if people are morally neutral, then why are they being punished? This is why I say Mike Todd. I stopped the video to say Mike Todd has a bad view of man. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So we're in limbo? Man's just, he ain't loving God, but he's, uh, he's not hating God either, just walking around his merry way, right? Is that how scripture presents man? No. Hostile to God. Not some people. All people apart from faith in Christ. Why is God sending morally neutral people in hell? Anyways, that video is very problematic. If you want to look more into it, uh, just type in Mike Todd, homosexuality and universalism. <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he in that video, he calls uh, homosexuals our brothers. So much bad theology with Mike Todd. Um, but let's continue on. We this section is titled Imagination. Because I'm working a progression all the way to Christmas. We're crazy until Christmas. By Christmas, I pray ooh, that God ignites something on the inside of you that changes you forever. But this is the progression. We go from imagination, which is the spiritual womb, and then we cross over to vision. And that's what we're talking about today. It's the receipt or the evidence the, of what's to come prophetically that God says. Then you move over to hope, and hope is the fuel for your faith. And then you move over to crazy faith, believing God can do it. And then you move over to believing beyond, and that's crazier faith. A lot of us are still way over here. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What does any of that mean? See, one of the problems with um, Mike Todd is that his theology is so unrooted from Scripture, it's hard to even understand what he's saying sometimes. Let's go back through this. Let's run it back. Right? Because he's talking about imagination, right? Mike Todd. We don't need our Bibles. Not as long as we have our imagination. With just my imagination. Run it away with me. See, for Mike Todd, it's all about imagination. 
because I'm working a progression all the way to Christmas. We're crazy until Christmas. By Christmas, I pray that God ignites something on the inside of you that changes you forever. But this is the progression. We go from imagination, which is the spiritual womb. We go from imagination, which is the spiritual womb. Where Where does the Bible say that, Mike Todd? Where does the Bible say imagination is the spiritual womb? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't ruin the classics for you. Oh, I got one more classic. Hold on. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Come on, Kato. You have crazy face and then you have beyond faith. I mean, that's clear as mud, right? Yeah. So imagination, which is the spiritual womb. I don't want to be pregnant. <laughs> so this is spiritual transgenderism. I mean, <laughs> so much for. Oh, man, goodness. Let me stop. Let's 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 continue. And then we cross over to vision, and that's what we're talking about today. It's the receipt or the evidence of what's to come. Vision is the receipt or the evidence of what's to come. Huh? Huh? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Thought that was faith, but okay that God says then you move over to hope and hope is the fuel for your faith and then you move over to crazy faith believing God can do it and then you move over to believing beyond and that's crazier faith a lot of us are still way over here what happened to faith I mean what happened to regular old faith I thought faith just just regular old faith could move mountains I mean <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I thought it was just faith now we, now we got crazy faith and then crazier, crazier faith. I, I guess we're just the simpletons, right? All we have is faith. Sorry, guys. I mean, if you thought you were doing something with your little old faith, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because Mike Todd just told us this. We got to have crazier faith. But we ain't got crazy faith. We got that biblical faith. You know what I'm saying? We got that biblical faith. This makes you just want to quit. Like, you know, like. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Subjecting you to this. I had to, you had to. How do I know it's a next slide? So, how do you know it is a vision? Right? Vision, Pastor Mike. Thank God for his word. Habakkuk 2 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write this point down. Vision is not valid until it's written down. Rick, man, I need your help, man. <laughs> this is so bad. You know, it gets worse every time you listen to it because you hear something different. You're like, oh, man, it's, 
I've listened to this already three, four times, and it's bad. And now I'm hearing you guys like echo my sentiments and saying more, and I'm like, and this is really bad. So vision is not valid until it's written down. You want to know the problem? Habakkuk is being commanded to write scripture. See, Mike Todd thinks because he used the word vision, he can go in scripture and prove his his junk and, and import it into scripture. You want to know what's so problematic about this? Notice, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Notice who his vision is for. Right? Hold on. It's not vision in your head. If it's in your head, it's not a vision. It's still an imagination. It only becomes a vision when it's what? Written down. Now I ask the question again. What's your vision for your family? If it's not written down, it's your imagination. What's your vision for your health? What's your vision for your business? What's your vision for your family? What's your vision for your singleness? All right, since we got to write it down, <laughs> if I got to write down what's in my head, let me start, okay? Lord, erase. Mike Todd Church. <laughs> Erase it, Lord, please. A, a few problems with what he just said. A few problems. Let's go to Habakkuk 2 2. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Notice there are people reading the vision. That's because it's scripture, Mike Todd. Who's reading? Like I said, th this this stuff is so bad. You know, I don't think he intentionally is trying to equate what he's what he's doing with scripture. But this is the problem when you hate studying. You do stuff like this. This is why the pastor should be studied. This is why the pastor should know the Bible. Guys, I'm speechless. It's pretty hard to, to, to do this. Yeah, Rick, this is insane. <laughs> this is just crazy. That's anyways, let's uh hear this strange teaching right here. Will you help me get healthy? And all I did was put a picture of myself on somebody else's body. See, this is, see, y'all trying to be so spiritual. I had to write the vision down. This was me making the vision plain. I found somebody who had the body I needed to have. And I just put my smile, because this could stay. I put it on a different, and I literally wrote, help me, God. So the vision he got, apparently, or the imagination he got from God, which turned into a vision, I don't, I don't even get it. But nevertheless, he got this vision to lose weight. And he saw a person with the body he wanted and he put his face on it. Yeah, this is arts and crafts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is. Our, yeah. Where's Christ in all of this again, Mike Todd? Yeah. It just keeps getting worse, guys. We haven't even we haven't got up the iceberg yet. That's it sounds like Mike Todd was coveting. 
He said he needed their body. He's fine with the face part, but he needed their body. You know, if you just would have read the Bible, you would have known not to be overweight. I mean, you would have known not to, you know, be gluttonous. You, you didn't need that vision. Most times people don't even need the quote unquote vision they get. They're like, man, I just want God to tell me what to do. Be holy. Brandy, you speak better than you know. Stick around. Stick around. Brandy says he probably believes in enneagrams. Stick around. Stick around. Yeah, yeah. Just read the Bible, man. Why is the Bible not enough for, for, for so many people? Yeah, don't get Mike Todd started on gluttony. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, because I don't even want his version. Like, just read. That's why I said just read the Bible. You would be fine. But guys, this was problematic too. See, vision gives imagination permission to exist on the earth. Vision, when you write it down, gives what you saw in your imagination permission to actually access the earth. I don't know why God did this, but after he created for them six days, he decided he would do nothing else on the earth without me and you's help. Me and you's, without our participation. So after God created, he decided he would do nothing else without our participation. Do, you, do some of you guys hear the problem with that? One, in Mike Todd's view, God needs man to do what anything on the earth. So I, so I guess the resurrection depended upon man too. I mean, uh, him coming back. Dependent upon man, the virgin birth, uh, God freeing his people from slavery to sin, the righteousness, all dependent upon us. Aren't you happy to participate in God's plan? And, you know, no, God does not need you. He just smiled. Look at his face. After he just. <laughs> made God very dependent upon man. He's up there cheesing. Then you know God don't do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like this Deacon CP says, did we participate in the flood? <laughs> yeah, this Jesse Duplantis doctrine. That's right. Yeah, did God read after Genesis 1-3? No. God don't need you. He uses man, absolutely praise God. But God does a lot of things without our participation. I don't recall being participants in the triune God, in the council of God. I don't recall being there in the council giving advice. So much for the secret things belongs to the Lord, I mean... Mike Todd's in on, a, on it all. And God says, I'll do nothing on the earth without one of my children. Like I say, guys, it gets worse. After every clip I play, it like elevates. And this is all in sequence. <laughs> so I don't know how you just, he builds up the climax 
to all the bad doctrine. But Mike Todd has figured out the cheat code. Because when it gets written down on paper, now it has permission to actually show up on the earth. I'm giving y'all cheat codes right now. And some of y'all are sitting there like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Write it down. There you go. You got to write it down before it can happen. You got to write it down. So it can't come true unless you write it down. Interesting. But. And I'm going to I'm just going to play this and then I'm going to probably I'm going to highlight on it later. Because I do believe Mike Todd's speech is not becoming of an elder. Now, some of you guys may not think it's too big of a deal what he says, but I think it's a pattern. And that's all I'm trying to show. By the way, we have 140 people watching. Only 44 likes. Let's get those likes up, man. Get those likes up. I've endured this. Please get those likes up. <laughs> you got to pay $30 a bag. And if it's over a certain weight... <laughs> It's $125. Yeah, I almost cussed. So you got Mike Todd wanting to cuss because his bag is heavy. And, and I'm going to actually play something in a second where he says something I think is inappropriate. But I'm just playing that to show you. Okay, so let's actually move forward. But of course, it's not a Mike Todd sermon unless there's a prop. It's one of those things that I've, I've been sitting here and um, I've been reflecting on how good God has been to give me people to link arms with who are visions aligned. Like he told them something in California, but told me something in Tulsa and told them something in Colorado and told them something up the street, but we never met before. And God's linking people to be able to carry vision together because it's bigger than me and it's bigger than we. It is what God wants to do in the earth right now. And he's looking for people who would actually get vision, write it down and be willing to say, the area of my finances is vacant, but God, will you fill it up? Notice, it's all materialism for this guy. these guys. These guys never get visions to be more holy, to be more righteous, to be more Christ-like. Again, every vision has to do with everything they wanted before they came to Christ. Guys, I didn't, have to get, I didn't have to get converted to live my best life now. I didn't have to get converted. No one had to get converted to get them all the stuff they wanted, naturally. You don't have to be a Christian to want money. You don't have to be a Christian to 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 want a better house and finances and material things what does again it's always about getting what you want monetarily could you be like job have everything taken away for you what about that vision i'm reading job in my bible plan now shout out to those who are joining um, the bible plan and Man, Job loses everything. Will you still serve God if that's the vision for the rest of your life? Matter of fact, the apostles, look at the apostle Paul's life. The, the apostles, they were not rich. Yeah, this is the, this is the show me the, show me the money doctrine. The apostles were not rich. Look at apostle Paul's life. Read second Corinthians about his shipwrecks. His beatings multiple times. 
hunger, thirst. The Apostle Paul probably was a brittle old man. (laughs) He probably was not nothing good to look upon. Right? He didn't have the skinny jeans and the, the Gucci bag. and He didn't have that. Weak in appearance looking. Even though Mike Todd, he's, he's, he's prospering. Right? <laughs> the apostles were not. Beheaded. The apostle Peter, church history tells us that he was crucified upside down. John, the apostle John, deserted on an island. My goodness, guys, this 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 why I say this stuff is actually so harmful to people who actually are being persecuted. Because you know what? For Mike Todd, the reason why they're getting persecuted is because they didn't write down the victory. And this is where I get mad. This is where it frustrates me. Because it's 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 harmful to our brothers and sisters throughout church history that were persecuted for believing in Christ. It's harmful to our brothers and sisters present day who who are believing in Christ yet without and being persecuted. And it's harmful to the future body of Christ that tells them they're lacking because they don't have what I have. Materialism. That's why this is so bad, guys. That's why this stuff is so dangerous. Yeah, let's get real, man. That's why this is so bad. Yeah, it's an insult to many people in third world countries. This is the American uh, American dream gospel. This stuff looks very well, and, and it appeals to the very thing carnal man wants. It appeals to the very thing carnal man wants. Like I said, I know numerous non-Christians that would have Loved everything he said. And guess what? Writing it down to see if it happens. Because this is new age garbage. New age garbage. Well, it gets a little weird and worse. Is what having the right people in your circle looks like. This is last week's message. It's having a circle of faith, because can you use it from that side? Okay, use it from that side. Hold on. Uh, get in front. Get in front, Brent. Get in front, because now, now I'll put my whole body weight on it. <sighs> okay, and you, you close it up. Okay, you got it? Okay, cool. It looks the same. It looks exactly the same as it did when it was empty. But until you, oh, there's some weight on it. (laughs) There's some weight. When you get a vision from God, I can say it and you can say it. But when you put something, there's some weight on it. And what God is saying is that he wants you to get a vision so that his weight or his glory can be a part of your life. So apparently we're gloryless of God until we get the vision. And remember, the vision is something that can only happen unless we write it down. Guys, this is bad. This is real bad. This is this is just bad. God's glory is not dependent upon you writing something down. 
Notice when Moses asked to see God's glory, he didn't tell Moses to write it down first, did he? I don't recall that. Must be in the Michael Todd, Michael Living translation, remixed version. Right? Just so just so silly, man. Just just preach the Bible, bro. We don't need suitcases and all this. Yeah, what are yeah, what are these people clapping about? I feel like Paul Washer. I don't know why you're clapping, right? I'll just leave that part. But yeah, I wanted to get on the language part. But what she said to me messed me up. It was all Gia's stuff, our new baby. She said, Michael, everything in that bag is essential. And when she, now I don't know all the little, the little cleaning products and all of the little things and the zippies and the, the wrappers and the different, but it was heavy as hell. It's heavy. Hmm. Now, some of you might not think that's a big deal, but I, I just don't think that's becoming of an elder, of a, spe- of a pastor's speech, but just in case you think that's not a big deal, I remember him going on the Breakfast Club show. If you're not familiar with the Breakfast Club show, it's a podcast, secular podcast. They have celebrities on all the time. Okay, whatever, right? And on that podcast, I haven't heard the N-word dropped since listening to Ice Cube, right? <laughs> I mean, so much in this, in that, in this. It's like, my goodness, this this dude's speech is just, I can imagine how he talks in private. If he's willing to say all this in public, how much in private is he willing to do? But, you know, then he moved on to this. And I think this is actually a good uh, spiritual representation of Mike Todd. Because he is blinded to read the Bible. If Mike Todd would take off the crazy faith, maybe he could actually see the context and exegete the scripture. Mike, a.k.a. Bird Box Todd. Right? Bro, just preach the text. You know? Like, you don't need all these props. But yeah, this is a good um, example of what I believe to be the spiritual state of Mike Todd. Now, guys, this next section is ultimately why I'm doing this video. And it's one I want to present with a sober mind, soberness as I present this, because this is ultimately why I wanted to make this video. And Mike Todd admits something many of us already knew. So let's actually get into the clip. When you get a vision, excuses become irrelevant. I do tons of stuff I don't like doing because of the vision that God's given me. Can I be hot with y'all, humble, open, and transparent? I don't like studying to preach every Sunday. It is tedious work for me. I start on Wednesday to get to Sunday. And I'm working on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. And I'm tweaking up until 30 minutes before service on Sunday. Every week. 
but I will do it for the rest of my life. Why? Because of the vision God has given me. So Mike Todd admits, confesses to hating, studying the word of God. No shocker, but I want to go back over that clip and respond point by point to things that were said just to see why that clip was so problematic. When you get a vision, excuses become irrelevant. I do tons of stuff I don't like doing because of the vision that God's given me. Can I be hot with y'all, humble, open, and transparent? I don't like studying to preach every Sunday. Again, not a shocker. Not a shocker. But this is problematic. And I'm going to explain in a bit why this is actually problematic from, from the scripture. But I want him to say something. Check this out. It is tedious work for me. I start on Wednesday to get to Sunday. And I'm working on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. And I'm tweaking up until 30 minutes before service on Sunday. So Mike Todd studies. Let's 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 hear what he just said from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and a little Sunday morning. Right. I think you should have the sermon done by Sunday morning. But nevertheless, no big deal. Right. Four solid whole days. Mike Todd is studying. Right. And that's the and this is the best sermon you can come up with. You got four days, bro, and these sermons is what you're producing. As a matter of fact, I know just from the in workings that Mike Todd has people helping him out during his sermons. Mike Todd, you got a team of people, and this is the best you're doing? I mean, don't get me a squad of people to preach a sermon. Right. It's, it's going to be fire, but. You doing four whole days of studying and this is the best that you're doing. So little scripture, so little explication of God's words, more emphasis on props. You're probably spending most of those four days practicing and rehearsing the sermon props. Rather than. Explaining God's word, because there's little of that in your sermons, there's much of an emphasis on you talking explaining your props every week i hate it but i will do it for the rest of my life why because of the vision god has given me why was this so problematic you may ask well let's go to god's word what does the word say right Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account, have to give an account. Let them do this with joy. Mike Todd says he hates it. He hates preaching and watching over your souls is, 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 isn't just like the practical outside. It's, it's the whole context of a being a pastor. Let them do this with joy. And not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Right. There's more verses that speak on this. First Peter five. Verse one. 
it says, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Right. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion. Right. Not because you have to, as he said, I have to, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. You know why you want to do it? Because you desire to please God. It is your desire. It is your desire to, to study the word of God, bring the word of God to the, to the saints, to show them what God's word says. You desire it. Now, are there times of seasons where, where it's difficult? Sure. But the, the, the desire, the motivation is still to, to preach God's word eagerly. Let that be your desire, right? So much I could say. So much I could say. This is why I believe the scripture says that not many of you should become teachers, as James 3, 1 says, my brothers, for you know that we'll be, for we, you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Mike Todd, you will be judged with greater strictness for Hating studying God's word and doing it for compulsion, not because it's your desire. Remember, you said you hated it. That is your desire. You hate to study God's word. Guys, this is why it's so serious. This is why I have argued Mike Todd is not fit to be an elder in the body of Christ. He can't teach. He hates studying to teach. It's all jokes and games. It's entertainment. He cannot handle God's word. Guys, that's why it's serious. We need men who will, as Steve Lawson says, preach the word of God. I wish I could bang on this table right now, right? Men who will preach God's word. Man, they, they, they love it. I am not an elder, but I do love to preach God's word. I mean, one of the joys, and maybe some pastors out here will understand what I'm talking about. One of the joys of you preaching it's when you see other people blessed by it. it. If you see that light bulb go off and you say, man, you see the hunger and the zeal now because they get God's word. Man, that just that gives you just like this, uh, this revivement, the refreshment. You're like, oh, man, just to see that happen to one person. I, I don't I don't need. 50 million people, right, man, I thought, I'll give you an example, I recently did the, uh, the parable with, uh, the two, uh, or the, uh, the woman who gave everything, right, and many people were, I challenged a lot of, uh, traditions, right, about that text, not going to get into that here, but I had so many people who were like, that makes so much better sense of the text, so many people who were challenged, like, wow, I, did, I didn't see it that way. But actually, after you read the text, it made so much sense. Man, that's the joy of the preacher when you see God's people believing what God said. And that's what the pastor wants to do. My friends, this is why Mike Todd is not fit to be an elder. Yes, someone called it. They call it a hireling. Exactly. Exactly, guys. You you guys are saying a lot of good stuff here. 
You guys are saying a lot of good stuff. Amen. One more, one more. uh, And this is for a shout out to Brandy if she is still here. Uh, Because she's the one that mentioned it saying Mike Todd probably promotes the Enneagram. You know, I've heard Mike Todd talk about the Enneagram before. And I was always just like, uh, whatever. But he's mentioned it too much for me not to catch up on it to think, well, I think this guy actually supports the Enneagram. Right? I think this guy actually supports the Enneagram. Let's, let me play that clip. And most of us are looking for opportunities instead of assignments. And God says when you get a vision, it illuminates exits. I have a friend who wherever we go, the first thing he does, he's a six on the Enneagram. The first thing he does is find out where all the exits are. So he goes on to tell this story about his friend. But the point where I saw was like, he, he, he goes out of his way to mention that he's a six on the Instagram. Well, I know there was a there's been recent controversy or or talks about the Instagram. I think I saw Jackie Hill Perry mentioned that it was demonic. And after kind of doing just some brief look into it, I was like, I tend to agree with her. Right. It's this personality test that was rooted out of the occult. You know. And so I encourage you, maybe I'll have to link to that. Uh, matter of fact, I do give a link in the description if you're watching uh, right now. I, yeah, yeah. Brandy is here. Grace and peace. So I hope you heard that clip of Mike Todd. But I do give a link to why it is a cultist. And yes, uh, I agree, Karen. Dangerous new age nonsense. Yeah. You know what's my personality test? The Bible. <laughs> the Bible, as Steve Lawson said, is the only book when I read it, it reads me as well. God's word tells me who I am, right? God's word tells me who I am. I don't need none of this new age, occultish, Enneagram stuff. I don't care if I'm a seven on an Enneagram or six on an Enneagram. Someone said Enneagram or Instagram. No, he said Enneagram. We'll, uh, listen again. And most of us are looking for opportunities instead of assignments. And God says, when you get a vision, it illuminates exits. I have a friend who wherever we go, the first thing he does, he's a six on the Enneagram. The first thing he does is find out where all the exits are. Yeah. Susie Q gives a helpful resource. Marcia Montenegro has a lot of info on the Enneagram. So, yes, if you want to learn more, check her out. Um Guys, the more and more I listen to Mike Todd, the more I go from, you know, he's just a secret sensitive person to Mike Todd is dangerous. Right. Mike Todd is dangerous. And and not helpful to the body of Christ, not just not recommended. I know that the, you know, Alan Pars just said he he um was just not recommended. I believe it is time. That we go further than that, that Mike Todd is dangerous. Right. We see what he did with the Trinity. Right. We see what he says about uh, Jesus cannot help you. Only the Holy Spirit can. Right. The father and the son cannot help you. They're unable to help you. Only he says only the spirit can help you. Don't call on their names because Jesus can't help you. That is dangerous teaching. Very dangerous. Jesus and the Father are stuck in heaven and only the Spirit can help you. (laughs) 
Just saw what someone said. That's pretty funny. But yeah, man, it's just, it is, yeah, it's, it is worse than not recommended. It is worse than not recommended. It is dangerous teachings. Anybody in Transformation Church needs to get out. Get out of Transformation Church. Because that church will not help you grow spiritually. Matter of fact, it will lead you to dangerous doctrines. We need men who will preach the word. Matter of fact, that's the charge of an elder. Let me let me hope you guys don't mind just getting God's word more and more of God's word. Second Timothy two. What does it say? Second Timothy four. I charge you in the presence of of God and of Christ Jesus. Who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his coming. Preach the word. Right. Y'all know how I do it here. Preach the word. Right. Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, repute, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming. Here's the reason why we preach the word <laughs> for the time is coming. When people will not endure sound teaching, that's Mike Todd. That's that is true of Transformation Church, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Yes. See, their own passions, money, right? The whole finances, the materialism. Some people only enter the pastorate to make a name for themselves and to get the desires they want. Very sad. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. Yes. Preaching the Enneagram from the pulpit, right? Preaching all sorts of, of neo-paganism. All sorts of silliness, right? But as for you, man of God, preacher. Always be sober-minded. And this is not just speaking about alcohol or getting high. This is the state of mind in the preacher. There is some preaching that does not produce sober mindedness, right? They got the light shows and they got all the smoke machines and the, all the craziness, right? It, that does not produce sober mindedness. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Like I said, I, I do not recommend it's not, not just not recommend. I do believe Mike Todd is someone dangerous. You are um, going to not going to get solid teachings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Transformation is appropriate name for the organization. It'll transform you into something other than a Christian. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we can't get drunk in the spirit. That's right. That's right. Sober mindedness. We are to be sober minded. Right. Um, that's right. False teachers tell stories and make merchandise of you. That's right. Yeah, man. So I, I. I definitely wanted to do this video because I do believe Mike Todd is. Um, is someone to be stayed away from. There's someone says now with all the bashing, can the body pray for that man as well? I'm sure you would have 
labeled the Apostle Paul telling people to avoid Demas as bashing. Correcting false doctrine, sir, is not bashing people. I didn't call Mike Todd an idiot. I didn't I didn't make fun of him. I didn't do so no such thing as bashing. Correcting false doctrine is not bashing. So, and how do you know I have not prayed? Did you pray for me before you send that comment? You know, people have a double standard. You know, they'll tell you, hey, just, just leave him alone. Let Christ deal with it. Then why'd you say something to me? Why don't you just let Christ deal with it? Look, man, false teachers. Would you tell a wolf who's devouring the sheep? Hey, guys, just just leave the wolf alone. Just leave the wolf alone. Let's just pray for the wolf. Right. Let's just pray for him. Sheep are getting devoured and you want me to just do nothing. No, I'm going to warn the body. Stay away from this wolf. Stay away from the wolf. They need to be rebuked. They need to be warned. They need to be exhorted. Acts 20, 28, man, such a. Such a. Encouraging. Convicting. Text. Sorry, let me look it up. Um, let me look this up. Man, my, my goodness, where do you where do you start? Where do you start? Let me see. Verse verse 20, Acts 20, verse 20. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to the Greeks of repentance towards God of our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the spirit, not knowing what happened to me. Notice what the spirit tells the apostle Paul that in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me <laughs> so much. Paul should have just wrote down vic victory, right? Mike Todd, but I do not count my life of any value mm. nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and ministry I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Wow. Continuing on now, behold, I know that none of you who among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all you. Paul should have wrote something better, right? <laughs> According to Mike Todd. For I did not shrink from declaring you the whole counsel of God. And this is the point. We do not shrink back in declaring all what God says. You know, some there are so many people that only want to stick on a couple verses. Their favorite passage. This is why I am a proponent. This is why I'm a proponent of expositional preaching. Expositional preaching, right? You go verse by verse through the Bible. It keeps pastors away from their favorite, favorite topic, and they have to preach the difficult text, right? They have to deal with the things they probably normally wouldn't speak about. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves. Right. Right. Pay careful attention 
to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Listen to this verse. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the, the flock. Wolves do not care about the body. They devour. They're vicious. Right? Wolves will come in. And guess what? They, they'll come in, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples from themselves after them. There'll be people among you who start to turn false, who, who turn and start teaching false teaching. I've experienced this. Men who seem solid at once and out of nowhere start uh, speaking perverted things, perverted doctrines to draw a name after themselves. I, I talked about that a second ago. That's right, uh, Karen. Wolves posing as shepherds. That's right. And I love Paul's heart right here. I love it. How did Paul respond? Therefore, be alert. Guys, we need to be on guard. We need to be on guard. Be on guard, brethren. Remembering that for three years, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Paul for three years was warning and admonishing about false teachers every day. Every day. Y'all think I, I do too much, right? People are like, oh, you're dealing with false doctrine again. Paul did it every day. Y'all wouldn't like his YouTube channel. Admonishing day and matter of fact, day and night. Day and night, Mike Todd or <laughs> Mike Todd. Uh, day and night, the Apostle Paul was warning and admonishing the brethren to stay away from false teachers. Man. This is why the word of God should be our standard. Right? This is why the word of God is our standard in all these things. Nothing else. If any man comes to you proclaiming something and cannot demonstrate it, right? He's claiming a theological truth and cannot be supported by God's word, or he has to remix it to make it fit what he's saying. Avoid that person. Avoid them. If I come on here teaching damnable doctrines, avoid me. Avoid me. This is bigger than bigger than it all. I'm not the standard. Nobody is above reproach. Nobody. If anyone notice what the word of God says. I don't care if it's your favorite teacher. I don't care if it's your favorite teacher or not. If anyone, I mean, if the best of the best of reformed teacher went astray, started preaching salvation by works or any 
heretical denying the deity of Christ, that man is a false teacher. I don't care if I've liked him for 20 years. So many of us have pragmatism. Oh, he's done so much for the kingdom of God. His view, his, his, you know, theology helped me out in a season where I didn't know who cares if they're a false teacher, right? If they're a false teacher, it doesn't matter. Right? Again, the standard is the word of God. Lay our emotions, lay our feelings aside. And I understand it can be difficult. I've had times where it's been difficult. Right. Your, your, your emotions are getting in the way, your feelings. But at the end of the day, as Galatians one, we're going to bail God or man. Is God our Lord or is man our Lord? I know it's easy to say, yes, God's our Lord. We'll obey him in anything. We trust you, Lord. Let those feelings get involved. Let it be someone we like. Let it be our pastor. Let it be our favorite modern day theologian. Will you still say? You obey, you obey God rather than man. Again, we all have to answer these questions and live it out. Sorry, I know I probably went on a tangent. <laughs> I went on a tangent there, but I do think that was help. I think, think that was important to get out. I do think that was important to to say. And so, man, I definitely pre all, appreciate all you guys joining. Matter of fact, if you're watching right now, first time watching, make sure you subscribe. Um, like this video. Um, you know, hit the notification bell next week. Next week, guys, ladies and gentlemen, I will be interviewing a former Seventh Day Adventist. Yes. I will be interviewing a Seventh Day Adventist and we will be answering the question is Seventh Day Adventism a Christian denomination movement? And we'll be interviewing him on why he left that movement. You don't want to miss. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, it's going to be good. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of uh, stuff. I, I Man, I got some good, good stuff coming across, too. Next week, I'm going to be or. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to be interviewing someone who left the, the Bethel movement. And so we're going to uh, talk about that as well. Uh, why he left Bethel. And so, so much good stuff coming about on this channel. I hope I'm, you know, just constantly producing good content that you'll be learning, learning from, but also being encouraged by. Right. And so my, my hope is that you guys will be uh, encouraged by this channel. Hopefully as it grows, it blesses you. And by God's grace, I never compromise on the truth. So thank you guys for joining to another episode of All Things Theology. I'm your host, K-Dub. Till the next time, grace and peace.